term Good Friday. The other says, why? Well, my Lord was hanged on a tree that day. And the other one responds, well, if you were going to be hanged on that day and he volunteered to take your place, how would you feel? To which the one responds, good. And the other one walks away and says, have a nice day. So when we talk about this being Good Friday, um, I think what the Bible does, what this term does, what this day does, is it, it redefines what good is. It redefines what good means because oftentimes we think good is things that are maybe comfortable or things that are beneficial or things that are, are helpful or easy. I'm having a good day means uh, the kids cooperated or the computer worked or people at work were nice or whatever. Good tends to be a much more personal perspective. And yet when we talk about Good Friday in the context of the day that Jesus died for us, um, there's a verse from Colossians 1.20 that I simply want us to kind of meditate upon tonight um, and just reflect upon as before we take communion. Uh, Paul would write this after a lengthy passage in which he has explained to us and expounded upon us the, the magnitude and the beauty and the power uh, of everything of Jesus is. He comes down to, yes, Jesus is great and majestic. He's creator. He's all these things that are huge and, and just hard to wrap our minds around. But then he boils it down at the end of that chapter to the cross. And, and he says this, that God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And so Good Friday is all about God redefining the good that he would do for us and even through the hardship of the cross. And so tonight we, uh, we just want to pause here and I just want you to think about a, two or three of those words with me um, that I think as you come to take communion tonight I hope will, will be meaningful to you. Uh, the first word I would remind you of, I would just read it to you again, that God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. It was a pleasure for him. Now, I, again, when you and I think of good, when we think of, boy, that was a pleasurable experience, it involves comfort, we felt, felt good, we laughed a lot, we did some good things happened. But, but boy, when you think of the scene of the cross, of Golgotha, of Jesus, his agony, his brutal death, the pain that he experienced, and yet from God's perspective, the Heavenly Father, as he looked at what was going on in the bigger picture of that scene, it pleased him. And, and so, again, God, God oftentimes uses some of the hardest things in life to do the best work in, and he's not pleased because he enjoys, he's, he's kind of off and enjoys seeing the hardship of people, but he loves the fruit of it. And so God, as he watched his son die, it pleased him to know that the fruit of that would be that everything Everyone would have the potential to be reconciled. There's the second word. He was pleased, but he was pleased to reconcile. That's, that's relational language. That simply reminds us that when you look at the cross, it, it wasn't legal. There was some legal stuff to it. The penalty of sin had to be paid. That certainly was that. Um, but at the heart of that is the prodigal son. It is a father being able to welcome home a son or a daughter who was lost, who has wandered away. And there's the embrace of that, to be whole, to be together again. And so it was God's pleasure to suffer for you so that he might reconcile 
to himself. Again, the beauty of the father welcoming home his son, his daughter, who has wandered away. Uh, the joy of that is, is immense. He was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. But in order for that reconciliation to take place, peace had to be made. And that it reminds us that, that when we come to God, we don't come to God on even terms. That God is, is holy, he is an all-consuming fire, he is perfect, and we are anything but that. We are broken, we are rebellious, we are selfish, we are vindictive, we are grudge-holding, we are fill-in-the-blank with other things that we are. We are not what God is. And so how does God make peace? How does God bridge the gap between his holiness and his awesomeness and his perfection and everything that we're not? Well, he does it through a blood sacrifice of his own son where he comes and he hurts and he suffers. And as one author would say in an article I read this week that says that this is the day, that Good Friday is the day when the one who was living water says, I thirst. And it's this day that when the bread of life hungers and the one who said he was the resurrection and the life this is the day that he dies. And this is the day that the priest becomes the sacrifice. And the king of the Jews is killed like a criminal. And so something had to give. So God was willing to give up everything that he was in Christ. Christ was willing to give up everything that he had for us. So that through his blood, through his sacrifice on his cross, peace could be made. So that you and I could come back to our heavenly father and call him Father again. To call him Dad. To call him our Abba. And, and so tonight, we, we celebrate that. We celebrate the goodness. Not at some shallow, everything's fine level, but at some deep heart level where we recognize that God, if I'm honest, I am not right with you on my own. But with Jesus in my life, through what Christ has done for me, there is peace. And so tonight, I'm going to invite you to come and partake of these emblems of communion, the bread that represents his body that was uh, crucified for us, the blood, uh, of the juice that represents the blood that he gave that covers us, that forgives us, that cleanses us. But as you do, I just pray that you remember those words, that God was pleased. It was his pleasure to die for you, to serve you in that way, so that you might be reconciled to him. And he did that through this sacrifice. And so um, why do we call this a good Friday? It's a good Friday because of all that God has done in taking our place. And so um, after I pray, I'm going to invite you to kind of make your way to the center, if you would, and come to the front here and partake of the emblems, um, if you would, and, and feel free to take your time. Uh, you can sit and meditate. For, we're in no rush here. Um, if you need to stop and pray and think about uh, your life and what Christ has done for you, please feel free to do that in the quietness of this moment. Uh, but after everyone has made their way to the center, partaken, if you would go back to your seats to the outside aisles, and uh, we will close in worship in a moment. But uh, um, um, let's go to our Father, who was pleased to do all these things um, for our good. Our God and our Father, I am thankful for this good day. This good day that we remember all that Christ did for us. 
all that you were willing to do and, and to sacrifice on our behalf for our good out of your love for us, out of your pleasure to see us forgiven, out of your pleasure to see us restored, out of your pleasure to see us be able to come home and to be reconciled to you once again. And we are thankful that Christ came. Thankful that he came in a body like we have and died a death like we would die. And in fact, he died a death that was more painful than we will ever experience, but, but he died a death that we deserved so that our sins might be forgiven, so that our sins might be cleansed and washed away. And so thank you for this moment, this holy moment, just to pause and to pray and to say thank you for what you have done. Thank you for this good day. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.